Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Blackhawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's Word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins, all for you, from Jesus. The Old Testament reading for the third Sunday in Lent is from Jeremiah, chapter 26. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came from the Lord. Thus says the Lord, stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak to all the cities of Judah that come to worship in the house of the Lord, all the words that I command you to speak to them. Do not hold back a word. It may be they will listen, and everyone turn from his evil way, that I may relent of the disaster that I intend to do to them because of their evil deeds. You shall say to them, thus says the Lord, if you will not listen to me, to walk in my law that I have set before you, and to listen to the words of my servants and the prophets whom I send to you urgently, though you have not listened, then I will make this house like Shiloh, and I will make this city a curse for all of the nations of the earth. The priests and the prophets and all the people heard Jeremiah speak, speaking these words from the house of the Lord. And when Jeremiah had finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, then the priests and the prophets and all the people laid hold of him, saying, You shall die. Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, This house shall be like Shiloh, and this city shall be desolate, without inhabitant? And all the people gathered around Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the Officials of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house to the new house of the Lord and took their seat in the entry of the new gate of the house of the Lord. Then the priests and the prophets said to the officials and to all the people, This man deserves the sentence of death because he has prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your own ears. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the officials and all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophecy. Against this house and this city, all the words you have heard. Now therefore, mend your ways and your deeds, and obey the voice of the Lord, and the Lord will relent of the disaster that he has pronounced against you. But as for me, behold, I am in your hands. Do with me as seems good and right to you. Only know for certain that if you put me to death, you will bring innocent blood upon yourselves and upon this city and its inhabitants, for in the truth the Lord sent me to you to speak all these words in your ears. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Read along with me the catechetical review, the second commandment. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie, or deceive by his name, but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. The first petition, hallowed be thy name. What does this mean? God's name is certainly holy in itself, but we pray in this petition 
that it may be kept holy among us also. How is God's name kept holy? God's name is kept holy when the word of the God is taught in its truth and purity, and we, as the children of God, also lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father in heaven. But anyone who teaches or lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God among us. Protect us from this heavenly Father. The epistle is from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immortality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not associate with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. This is the word of the Lord. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and abounding in steadfast love. The Holy Gospel for the the third Sunday in Lent is from St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Now Jesus was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. But some of them said, He cast out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, while others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. 
When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, and finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. I would ask the children to come down front and join me. Who would win? Grace, mercy, and peace be yours through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Words matter. Words are powerful. The things that we say. For instance, when you think about uh, Abraham Lincoln and his great uh, Gettysburg Address, Another one that comes to mind to me, and another example of that would be General Eisenhower when the troops were getting ready to embark on the invasion of Europe and his uh, speech, his words of encouragement that he shared with with, uh, the soldiers as they were about to begin. We also can't overlook the power of words uh, for the worse. Examples of that that we've certainly seen, uh, Adolf Hitler, There's others. Uh, Many know the power of words and persuasion. Words have meaning. For instance, in our marriage vows, the vows that we exchanged where we made promises before God and a cloud of many witnesses. For those of us that have been uh, involved with the military, serving in the military, we take an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And when we take that oath and when we swear that, we are, we are swearing allegiance to that with our very lives. Then we know that there are others, we hear these words sometimes in election years that we'll hear things like, you have my word. When someone doesn't keep their word, of course, they lose credibility, especially when it happens time and time and again. We know the old saying, action speaks louder than words. In other words, don't just tell me, say that you're going to do something, but show me with your actions. Well, in our Old Testament reading today, the, the Jeremiah spoke some words, pretty harsh words, actually. He spoke God's words to the people. And if you look in the first chapter of Jeremiah and read about his call, he didn't have a choice in the matter. When God called Jeremiah at a very young age to be a prophet, Scripture tells us that God put his words in Jeremiah's mouth and sent him to speak to people who did not want to hear the truth. So this incident that we see in the Old Testament text today 
It probably took place roughly about halfway through Jeremiah's 40-year ministry as a prophet. And the people aren't listening anymore. In fact, more and more, they, they don't want to hear the words of God. The kingdom of Judah was in dire straits. It was ruled by kings who rebelled against God, against truth, against the word. They didn't want to hear these words of judgment that were spoken against them. But God's will is that they will repent. And he says this, I may relent of the disaster that I intend to do to them because of their evil deeds if they will turn from their evil ways, he says. But with their words, the evil unrepentance that was in their hearts, they accused Jeremiah of uttering blasphemy in the Lord's house, and for this, he must die. They cannot bear to hear these words of impending doom and destruction. The conviction in their hearts is more than they can bear because of their evil deeds. And they need to make this prophet go away. And in order, and, and with making him go away, then they can make his words go away. Well, Jesus, in our New Testament text today, our gospel reading, we see here that he's also accused of blasphemy because of his words, because he is casting out a demon. Jesus is truth. He is the word of God made flesh. He cannot but speak truth because he is God. The Pharisees get bent out of shape because this man, Jesus, is wrecking everything that they hold on to and love dearly. Their self-righteousness and their notions of higher class and esteem. Their religion had become keeping the law, crossing every T, dotting every I, but they couldn't and they didn't. This they thought by doing this and by living religiously like they did, this was going to save them. They spoke many words too. And in this text, with their own words, they accused Jesus of their own sin, that of blasphemy. And why is this? Because they're accusing him of blasphemy because he's casting out demons. They say he cast out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. That's the only way that Jesus can do this. And in those words, those harsh words, those sinful words, they show that they've rejected Jesus and his words. The audacity of this man to cast out demons. Who does he think he is? It's as if they say. They cannot see that he's the promised Messiah, the one who came to save them from their sins. And with their words spoken then, they find themselves on very shaky ground as the eternal condition of their souls is now in danger. In this exchange that, he, that Jesus has in this lecture, he brings them to shame. And why is this? What does this say about them? After all, he says, what does this say about your sons then who are going about casting out demons? Let them be your judge. They continue to be so, self, so blinded by self-righteousness and importance that they cannot see the kingdom of God has come among them. They are against him because they are not for him. Just like the ones in the time of Jeremiah, they've rejected the truth and cannot bear to hear it. 
over time, time and time, they had learned to resist God's word. They could not bear it because they were so steeped in their wickedness and their sin. In the gospel reading today, then, Jesus offers a stern warning. True repentance means hearing God's word and keeping it. This warning is not only for these religious zealots, but it holds for us today. And after all, the question would be, what does it mean then for us to keep his word? Dear saints, we must nourish and fill ourselves with word and sacrament, because if we don't, we can easily be filled with all sorts of lies and deceit that the enemy wants to fill us with. This morning I would venture to say that most of us don't just intentionally turn our backs and walk away from God. We really don't do that. It's really more subtle than that. It's a slow fade over time. The devil entices us in some way, drawing us away from his truth. He gets you to call into question God's truth in his word. In our busyness of our lives, he gets you to look more at the cares of life and the world. As you get worn down, you find that you don't have time to be spending in prayer and meditation. Church may get disrupted by other activities. Furthermore, he, he gets you to think about what it is to be a Christian. And you can define your, you can, you can decide what kind of Christian you're going to be. You can decide how much of that is enough. How much Jesus do you really need? Just a little bit of that is fine. And subtly with his lies and deceitfulness, he continues to lure and pull us further away from God's promises. We fill ourselves with every other care of the world. We continue to doubt more, to question more about truth, even questioning what is truth. And we can find ourselves like those then in the time of Jeremiah or the Pharisees with Jesus here today who could not bear to hear the truth of the words spoken in their ears. And those evil spirits, as he warned them, would return and further alienate that, and with that void that's there. This is who Satan is and what he does. He is, after all, the father of lives, and he works to destroy, and in doing so is bent on destroying the kingdom of God. He's been at it since the beginning, there with our first, first parents in the Garden of Eden, tempting, enticing, drawing them away from God and his truth and his promises for them. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus said that in the last days there would be an apostasy, that is a great falling away from the truth. Many would be enticed by listening to words to have their ears tickled, lies, false teachings. And all it takes is for the devil to plant seeds of doubts with his words of lying and deception in you. But here's what Jesus said in our gospel reading today. He said, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Well, thanks be to God, dear saints, that you are here this morning and that you are hearing the word of God preached in your ears again. 
and keeping it. That is, you've come here today to receive the gifts that he has for you. God has filled you with his Holy Spirit. And his Spirit is constantly at work, working to increase your faith so that you continue to trust in the promises of God for you. When we delight ourselves in God's word, there's little room for doubts and fears. There's no room for the enemy. You have the mark of Christ upon you. You are his. His powerful word breaks through all the lies and deceptions of the evil one. His word smashes like a hammer. Luther reminds us in his famous hymn that he says this, He can harm us none. He's judged. The deed is done. One little word can fell him. Well, dear saints, this morning, Jesus remedied our sin-sick state with his dying and rising, defeating sin, death, and the devil in all of his strongholds. With Christ's words, he filled you with the promise of the Holy Spirit which dwells in you, that he gave you there in the waters of your baptism. He will not cast you off. The strong man has been defeated by the one, the, the mighty one, the one stronger than him. The devil has no power, dominion, or authority over you. Try as he may, he will not rule the day. And it was with this one simple, single, powerful word that Christ defeated your foe and my foe. This word was packed with meaning that nothing in heaven or on earth could overcome. For when Jesus gave up his spirit on the cross, he said this word, tetelestai, that is, it is finished. He shook the entire heavens and earth with that one little word. And now you and I have access and peace with God because of that wonderful, powerful word promised to us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you.